I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's coming up podcast. I'd say this this this, pod, this podcast is brought to you by by a lot of things, but uh, in a very fluid way, I feel like this podcast is brought to you by Montgomery Burns Germ Warfare Center. I'm not 100% on the actual title. Uh, I don't know if I am either, but that sounded pretty good to me. Good. I, I was hoping that this Somebody was... will write us. Someone will tell us. <laughs> uh, I, I was assuming this episode is brought to us by Tie-Dye. Did we not get that sponsorship? Ooh, no, we, no, no, no. We reached out to the Tie-Dye people, but they were like... They don't have very much money. They don't, they don't. They're not very well represented <laughs> online, so it's kind of hard to get hold of them. What happened to tie-dye? It's also represented by weird laughing references uh, via <laughs> Maggie dancing in her diaper. It was just an odd choice. Yeah, so today we are talking uh, about Mother Simpson with our special guest, Jake Goldman. Hey, that's me. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. I just came back from Comic-Con literally about uh, 10 minutes ago. Yeah. So I'm a little spent, uh, but it's great. It's one. It's it's wonderful, uh, a lot of fun. I have found I have found that talking about the Simpsons is very rejuvenating. It's yeah, I well here's the thing: merely sitting at this, uh, sitting down at this table, I feel a new life coming through me. <laughs> right. I'm I'm so animated in my voice right now, <laughs> as you can tell. Yes, you're listening uh, to it. Speaking of animated. Uh, one of the reasons we're so excited to have say you on the Simpsons. <laughs> Actually, almost one of the reasons we're so excited to have you on is because you were working on a very cool animated show. You worked on many. Yes, uh, I, I've been working animation for quite a while. Currently, I am a, a writer on the upcoming Powerpuff Girls reboot coming to Cartoon Network yeah. in 2016. I know people that work on it. Yeah. Is it Jake? Is it me? You know me <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. And uh, but in addition to that, I uh, spent many years working for Futurama as well. I mm-hmm. uh, got my start there just as like a PA. Uh, and I, I only I think uh, yeah, and I did some writer's assistant work and got one joke in that made it to the episode once that I pitched, <laughs> and I was very proud of That's that. Great. What was the joke? Um, in the late Philip J. Fry. Which, uh, the one where they have the time machine, that's, it's stuck going forward. Uh-huh. Um, it was a late night, and I was staying late with, uh, David X. Cohen and Dan Weber, and the writer's assistant at the time, uh, Eric Rogers, and they were just punching up the, uh, like, script, they were going through the animatic, and because I was young, I was like, hey, can I just sit in the room with you guys and be quiet, and it's, you uh-huh. know... Okay. Nine o'clock at night. And That's how it's and, done. Yeah. And Very smart. David just went, sure, not a problem. And uh, because, guys, David X. Cohen is great. Uh, <laughs> and they were, I just watched them work for, for quite a while. And, uh, you know, when it, an idea, like, we're just pitching around. And uh, there's the part where they're traveling quickly through. And it's the first animal crawls out of the ocean onto land and Bender steps on it right away and says, it was coming right for me. You saw it. Yeah. That was me. That's the one. One contribution. That's such Uh, a memorable joke. I love it. Thank you. Have you ever been scolded by Matt Groening for looking him in the eyes? Uh, Matt Groening. For breathing his air? I I describe Matt Groening as the nicest billionaire I've ever met. He seems that way. He is so nice. Yeah. Uh, You know, just... Uh, the story I had mentioned previously before we started recording and in regards to Comic-Con mm-hmm. and Matt Groening that I wanted to bring up was Matt is responsible uh, in passing for one of the cooler moments of any year that I've ever gone to Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which was I got to walk with Matt Groening from yeah! one end of the convention hall to the other. Oh my gosh. Uh, and that was because uh, Futurama, we were doing a signing at the Fox booth. And I was talking to Matt's assistant, uh, Violet, and Violet said, oh, we're going to move Matt to Bongo Comics, who makes the Simpsons comics. Right. And uh, do you want to walk with us? And me and my friends were like, sure. She goes, okay, stay close, keep your phone out so you look like you're important, and uh, she's like, and just be ready to go when I go. I go, okay. Nine men in suits come up, and Violet goes... Okay, one, two, three, four, five, they're with us. 
let's go. And we start walking and like we're the president of the United yes. States. Everyone, the seas are like split and oh. we just get to walk and you feel so cool. Phenomenal. Yeah. That's phenomenal. the coolest thing. You're the Beatles. Yeah, it, it was it was that. And you know, at Comic Con Matt Groening is the Beatles. Absolutely. Of um, a lot of people are the Beatles too. Yeah. Comic Con. <laughs> which is it's, what makes Comic Con great. Yeah. And I was actually gonna say that um, three nerds hovering over a microphone talking about the Simpsons is sort of like the first Comic Con. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like just, this begins one day. You guys, you guys are gonna take We're over gonna... an entire convention center yeah. <laughs> and then parts of downtown. Also, it's. I told one of my excited. old coworkers um, that one of my dreams was to uh, speak on a panel at Comic Con, and he said, "You have very attainable dreams." <laughs> <laughs> it's still a dream of mine, I, and I've yet to. Uh, I, I believe that. in you. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. you do it. Thank you. Or you do a live. You know, the big thing now. You do a live podcast. Right. At, you know, that would fit double. in so well. Yeah. Well, we're trying to. We're submitting this this little. Uh, Dog and Pony show to Sketchfest and other festivals. Take this show on the road. Yeah, oh, we're, we're figuring it out. It. We might have our own internet kind of cable accessy show. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about right. that. Yeah, we're figuring it out. We're gonna add a video element for sure. Right. It's, it's good and it's great because I am very hideous looking. So it's. I was gonna say we always have very attractive guests. Yeah. yeah. It's still true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still early. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we don't know. We're going to get deep we'll into the, the, most for later. the, the yeah. writers. And, you know, we don't. Hey, listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's get into this episode. Yeah. Uh, we were asked, and I wish I remembered who it was that asked us to start listing the actual number of the episode. Uh, this is episode 3F06. You nerds. Yeah, you fucking <laughs> who nerds. Cares? Who gives a shit? All right. Right. <laughs> um, and in case uh, you're really, really going for it, okay, original air date was November 19th, 1995. Everybody realized what age you were. Um, the writer was Rich Appel and director was David Silverman. I'm dying. <laughs> we're such bullies. I know, I know. We love you all so much. You can go from nerd to jock real quick. All it this... takes is one compliment at Comic-Con. And yeah, shoving people so around. Just like, how dare you breathe my air? <laughs> Where's my Danish? I'm not telling the news until someone gets to <laughs> Also, I think the origin of Yoink. I think that was the origin of Yoink. That, no, was, that was the Yoink? Oh, it was, that was, it was either that or oh, taking uh, the diamond from uh, Lenny's tooth. I think that was the origin of Yoink. Somebody okay. please tell Somebody us. Us. Okay, so It's going to be the person who asked for us to say the, it's uh, gonna the be. episode Come number. On. Who is a wonderful person we and we really love so much. Also, if that person or somebody else is listening, we tweeted this today, but we want to do an episode where we're coming to you live, or maybe recorded, uh, quickly <laughs> after the date, um, uh, from the Springfield land in Universal Studios, so if anybody has a hookup, that would be Hook really cool. Hook with Universal. Like, yeah. Wanna, I, I have never been. Julia, you said that it was awesome. It was great. It was great, and I'm happy to go again. Anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, Mother back Simpson. From, back from exploiting <laughs> our, our friends right. and their connections. Uh, Mother Simpson. So we like to read the first paragraph of the synopses in, or synopsis, singular, in uh, the Simpsons anthology. You like to take a second to talk about singularity? <laughs> <laughs> we like to talk about... Jake's our, gotta go in four our, hours, so we're yeah, gonna... Yeah, yeah. We like to talk about our English teachers and how disappointed they are with us. Um, Homer fakes his own death by tossing a dummy over a waterfall, which, by the way, that scene is so fucking good. It's terrifying. It's I know. the best. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no! no. The beavers say the beavers are biting him! They're taking his pants! I'm taking his pants! <laughs> Yeah, Lenny saying taking his pants is so good. Or was it's, it Carl? It, it's it's Carl because it's the uh, I know we're in the middle of reading the synopsis, but I have to pause because it's yeah. one of my favorite just simple comedy bits of oh good. It's like oh good, those branches will take her break his fall. Oh no, the branches broke his arms yeah, and legs. Exactly. Oh good, he could grab onto those jagged rocks. Oh yeah. no, smashing. It's like them. the Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah, completely. The, the Froker is also cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Just up and down, up and down, up and down. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, so he fakes his own death by tossing a dummy over a waterfall so that he can get out of helping his co-workers collect litter. After friends stop by the Simpsons' house to offer their condolences, Marge realizes what Homer has done and orders him to set things straight at the Hall of Records. Reading a recording clerk's computer screen, Homer discovers that his mother is still alive. He visits the cemetery to confirm his mother's death and meets his mother, who has snuck into town to pay her final respects 
to her son. Which also, uh, fun fact, Mother Simpson is voiced by Glenn Close. That is mm-hmm. fun. She's that, great. She's a fun person. <laughs> I feel. No, I don't know Glenn Close, but I feel like, Would you, you know. Would you like to have Glenn Close, sir? Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, no, she just jumped out of the window. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. PTA disbands. There we go. So good. So I wanted to apologize for picking Mother Simpson. Uh, Because you made us all cry. Yeah, exactly. And going back to, again, my Futurama upbringing. Yes. This is, uh, and and kind of my my approach to uh, comedy, Mm -hmm. I think, I like really, really sad stuff. Yeah. Which sounds, you know, kind of weird, but... Um, Not to us. No. Yeah. I think, like, it's... Uh, this episode, I know, is notorious for its ending. Has yeah. a real, real bittersweet moment. And it doesn't really end on a joke. Yeah. And I think that when a show matures, as it sort of goes, like, those are such delicious moments. They're yeah. really, really fantastic. I know we can get to that later but I just want to say, like, it's not all—it's not all going to be jokes oh, well, and puns. Yeah, yeah that's on this what I one. really, really appreciate about The Simpsons. It's something we've talked about a lot: is that they allowed that heart and they really emphasized it, and didn't feel the need to end on a joke. They just, you know, sort of let the heart speak for itself. And what I love, especially about this episode, um, is the bond between Lisa and Mona Simpson. Yeah, uh, I was like, I was thinking a lot uh, on my drive up here uh, about. Uh, who, like, my favorite of the Simpsons five are. Uh-huh. And I was like, which were the ones that I related to the most? And Ali, I think it's uh, Homer and Lisa, because I think that their hearts are the biggest. Which isn't to say that, you know, Marge and Bart aren't caring or anything like that, but I think, um, especially early on, Lisa, uh, they really, really did an amazing job just writing her as an eight-year-old girl trying to find her place in the world. Yeah. And her concept of identity, it was like a running theme of like the first 10 seasons. You know, going back to her substitute teacher, Summer mm-hmm. of Four Foot Two, where yeah. she, you know, is really Lisa questioning. Lisa on Ice. Lisa on Ice. All these things where she, and she's always going, where do I fit in in my family because yeah. I'm so smart. Yeah. And then along comes... Grandma Simpson, Mona, and finally gives her, like, a key, like, this missing piece, like, oh, I I get it. I know where I come from. Like, yeah. I take after her. And it's also nice because it's Homer's mom. Like, yeah. you know, it, that's where, where Homer gets his heart, too. He just didn't mm-hmm. quite get all yeah. of it. And we all also know um, by this point that, you know, all the women in the Simpsons family <laughs> are exceptionally smart. Right. And I, all the men inherit the Simpsons gene. Yeah. I think of that episode and the... Uh, the men Simpson characters yeah. uh, almost any time I look at a pot <laughs> them right. headbutting oh just oh, running yeah. at each other in the hallway I was like explain <laughs> <laughs> explain how <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great yeah I, I there's so many tender moments in this episode I love it so much. And even with her describing her, like, they're doing the flashback of, like, when she gets caught and, you mm-hmm. know, she becomes a fugitive and it's like, she, uh, you know, uh, you know, looks like this. She may be very helpful. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it also, there's the other tender moment of if she goes, she kisses Homer yeah. and he's sleeping and he, and they come I back from the I flashback and goes, I thought I dreamt that kiss. That Which has is, a line in a script. It's just so sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh my and goodness. It's, and um, so I'm sure you both know this. Uh, I think it, Conan O'Brien said in like an interview all about like the writing of The Simpsons back in the day mm-hmm. about what makes The Simpsons so good was Matt Groening had this philosophy is like when Bart started taking off, people were like, Bart's going to do this prank and it's going to be that prank and it's going to be crazy. And Matt would go, okay, remember, they're a family. So they can do awful, awful things to each other, but at the end of the day, they always have to sit down and have dinner together. And just as like you are with your siblings, I don't know if you have siblings, yes. but I know with me and my sister, uh, who my sister can be just the worst person in the world to me. Oh, yeah. But uh, we still, you know, there's, right. still, there's still love there because, you know, you're in this together with them. Yeah. Uh, and that's like, I, that's why... I, uh, episodes like this that are really just sort of built around the family itself are 
Yeah. They're, they're my they're my favorite. Yeah, I relate to that sibling thing. I have an older sister, and I've always said that having a sibling is a, a great experiment in how far you could push someone to a breaking point mm-hmm. <laughs> without actually going there. Like, it's, yeah. it's constantly like, how far can I break someone's <laughs> spirit? But then you love them. You have to yeah. them at the end of the day. It's... And I do love my sister. She oh. just texted me. So her ears are burning. (laughs) She lit a Q-tip. But yeah, I think that that's great. And I actually had never heard that before. There you go. Fun fact. There it is. Full of them. (laughs) Um, What are some of your favorite joke moments from this episode? We talked about the Uh, tender, but what about the jokes? uh, So, oddly enough, you know what? I feel like everybody says this about The Simpsons. There's a lot of the uh, weird, tiny stuff that you're like, that you end up sort of just taking on into how you talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the show, anytime someone says, oh yeah, uh, I, I, I seen that person, I'm always like, that is to say I saw them. <laughs> yes. And then if they say I saw that person, I goes, that is to say I've seen them. Oh, I love <laughs> how they flip it almost immediately. But it's like, it's not a joke. You know what I mean? Like it's not right, a super right. ridiculous thing. It's not, you know... Like uh, yeah, it's a quirk or a yeah. mannerism. Yeah, a little like, colloquial. Well, the, yeah. yeah. Can when I com- say that word? We don't know. <laughs> you be the judge. <laughs> but it's uh, like stuff like that is. I don't yeah. know why it's, it I sticks says to with Mabel, you. I says. Which yeah. is the yeah. That's the quintessential. Mm-hmm. You know. I mm-hmm. uh, so there's that. I really really liked. I was uh, rereading the script today. And when Mr. Burns is there protesting out, and they and Mr. Burns goes, their flower power is no match for my glower power. Yes. And he just glowers at them, and young Wiggum is like, that's a mighty fine glowing, Mr. Mr. B. B. Which, yeah. by the way, young Chief Wiggum, I realized recently that Chief Wiggum is my favorite like side character mm-hmm. of the whole show, just because... I'm never upset when he's invited to the party. Like, I'm always having a good time when he has a scene because he's just very oh. sweet. He's yeah, simple-minded he's and sweet. He's good-natured, yeah. Yeah, and he they he figures very prominently into this episode yeah. in very subtle ways. And going back to just another great joke is when... Uh, he, they're reading. They're like it's. They're reading the tombstone, and he reads it upside down. And thankfully, I have this written down in front of me. He's like, put out an APB for a Eustace R. Dewo. Uh, better start with Greek Town. And then, uh, yeah, they're like, uh, Chief, you're talking into your wallet, and it just <laughs> flies on out. Yeah, he's great. And then yeah, when he's a pimply faced teen, yeah, as a security guard, and I love that. I, I love any glimpse into you know a possible backstory of these characters. Yeah, so and then good. I would say like we got that, and the fact that the inciting incident for her '60s rebellion is Joan Namath's sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and that scene also brought up another phrase that I use all the time now because she goes Joe Namath sideburns and it's like oh but Abe had different views and he goes now nah, Johnny Unitas that's a haircut you could set your watch to <laughs> yes and I say set your watch to things all the time yes yeah so and it's I, a it's great just, joke it's yeah. just so simple and like fucking and it weird just paints and... Abe perfectly yeah. it does yeah. I love I also you know it's not in a favorable light in any stretch but it's also great to see Abe, it's it paints yeah. such a good picture of who Homer is and who the um, writer's dads were and like what the exactly. what culture looked like then. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that I, I think about uh, when it comes to you know when Simpsons is at the top of their game mm-hmm. is uh, in their writing they know um, where the fun of the story is and what's really important because you can write an entire thing and make this is this about. Uh, Abe Simpson and Mona reuniting and she walked out on him and that's it. It goes, no, Abe, we know we have to deal with it. And so how do they deal with it? He comes in and he's like, you abandoned me. You were a terrible, awful person. Can we have sex? Yes. And she goes, no. And he goes, well, can't kill me for trying. All What's right. Dinner? And then he goes, and he's right on with yeah, everybody. Absolutely. Like, it was like, okay, move past it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't waste time. Well, that's the thing, especially in these seasons, seasons, mm-hmm. you know, up until 10 or whatever, um, they they waste no time in getting through exposition, but also jokes. And they you don't never feel cheated you never feel rushed it's always like everything is very i don't know savory so, savory morsels so <laughs> uh, another expression that uh, i've used to describe this as not simpsons related but this sort of style stuff is i say they use all the parts of the buffalo yeah and there is a lot of jokes but really not a moment wasted even going back to your first scene you start on mr burns 
So we have him sort of established and we know what it is and we get to use him throughout. We have Chief Wiggum who shows up and we're, you know, they get to run through everything all the way to the end. So they waste no time, no pieces. Uh, There's no fat. No, no. Yeah, well, they spend too much time on it. Yeah. And even, like I was saying, uh, speaking of moving stuff quickly, Lisa is all along with Mona, and things are really, really great. And then Mona ducks inside because she sees two cop cars pass by. And then that's it. And then Lisa goes, it's really suspicious. And her and Bart just switch Mm -hmm. right there in front, like... Again, yeah. it's like, here's a moment they could have taken, and you could have expanded that out Absolutely, into an entire yeah. act yeah. in your show. But instead, they're like, nope, we're going to hit it. We know where it needs to be. Like, yeah. Um, it's a, here's a writing tip that was given to me by somebody. I know not to get like too super nerdy and thing, but it's like, if you're having trouble in your own writing, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh... I need to get this character here, physically, emotionally, wherever, and I just can't figure out that, like, in-between bridge part. I, Rodrigo Garcia, who is uh, a director that I worked with, I said, basically was like, skip that scene, write the scene after it, and then you'll come back to it later. He goes, nine times out of ten, you'll find you don't even need it, because... It's a yeah. waste. Oh, and that's so, a good tip. That's a great tip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great guy, guys. <laughs> Mother and Child, available on DVD, starring mm. a whole bunch of really, really awesome people. Um, the scene that you're talking about in The Simpsons, uh, this episode, uh, is one of my favorite, like, kind of touchstones for my kind of comedy, which is super easy, which is just Lisa's trying to cover up what they're saying and puts on the washer and dryer. So <laughs> here now we can talk, what? Mm. It's like, fine, we don't need it. Here. What? What? <laughs> Which is exactly, I mean, most of my closest friends I make because we're jerks to each other. And right, just right. kind of stacking on top of it. <laughs> silly is, jerks, which is the best Silly kind. jerks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just, I don't think that he's, you know, fucking with her there. I think that's just a funny joke. But the yeah. writers were fucking with her. Oh, yeah, us, absolutely. And it's just so But there's funny. also the fun of just the kid logic of this is, we need to talk quietly <laughs> in the so house funny. so no one can hear us. We'll put on the dryer. It's... <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. Also, um, this episode features a shout out to Phrenology, which is that made me laugh mm-hmm. so yeah, hard. One of my favorite <laughs> uh, sciences that nobody believes in anymore it's been, because uh, it's horribly years. debunked. So, you mm-hmm. know, the shape of your head is <laughs> yeah. She's so, got the cranium of a career criminal, and it's so funny that. That's of course that's how Mr. Burns yeah. processes things, but then to have like the joke on top of that because that's already so funny because mm-hmm. so there's no reason for them to have had that in the sh- the show at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but just the way that Mr. Uh, Smithers is just like, well, you know that hasn't worked and it's too outdated. He's like, of course you would say that <laughs> with your. He's like with your the shape of your head. Yeah, you know, it's it's whatever like... it is, it's so good. And I, I uh, just as far as like bizarre moments in this episode. I love anytime Hans Moleman shows up. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and this I did it's uh and, and, and the the guy who's digging the holes is so funny. Like Dag Nabbit isn't anybody in this town dead. Dag Nabbit isn't anyone <laughs> well, dead. Well now that you mention it I didn't want to be a bother. I know he's down. Oh god he's so it's too good. good. <laughs> oh man. I love the way that the 60s, uh, or, yeah, 60s and 70s are presented here. The colors are so yeah, true. Yeah, you know, from the, an animation perspective. Like, yeah. In her, like, mind-blowing, like, realization as she's watching TV, which through, again, like you said, like, mm-hmm. through the Super Bowl, which has a great joke, like, oh, I gotta yeah. watch the Super Bowl. If no one <laughs> supports this thing, it could go away, or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that it's it's animated from there like this crazy three sixty degree mm-hmm. perspective. Starts get the the tie dye lava yeah. lamp effect happens. <laughs> so You're tricky. hearing Jefferson airplane and things are just going. Yeah, right, it must you have know? been so fun for the animators. Yeah, those kind of sequences, and I'm sure that's why they did the uh, laughing Maggie dancing with her diaper thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, just insert that in there. This this story is just really impressive because we're adding. A very important character into the yeah. into the canon, and like it's mm-hmm. crazy uh, because we sh- like as Marge kind of points out, like we should kind of be very suspicious of this woman and her right. motives and why she did these things. And she's such a lovable, true, good character. Mm-hmm. And it was just by I mean, she left her kid. That's, yeah, 
horrible. Right. But we well, love her. And right. Because she felt like she was doing the right thing. She, yeah, absolutely. Which is something mm-hmm. that just justice is something that we see so much in Lisa and mm-hmm. Homer. Like, and it's I love it, and uh, it just makes their tie even stronger too. Even though we don't really see um, Lisa and Homer interact in this episode, like right through them, mm-hmm. we kind of get that picture even more clear. And I'm sure that there was something on the writer's room for a really long time, you know, I I don't know for sure, but um, something just like, what about Homer's mom? Like, are we ever going to touch upon that? Or is that just something we're going to, like, not care about for now? And I'm sure that they went through a lot of phases until they reached this. And it's definitely, uh, when you pitch an episode like that and you're trying to run it by uh, networks and stuff like that, they sometimes depending on how long the show is on how successful it is i feel at this point simpsons had probably earned a lot so i don't know how much network pushback there was yeah they never had too much notes uh you you can ask uh bill oakley and josh weinstein about that Mm -hmm. uh i'm sure they'd love to talk about those network notes. yeah but when you when you tell network that you're like this is the sort of episode that we're doing and they think that it's going to be really big they get very very excited and they start asking a lot of questions and they want to know more while you're still kind of just figuring it figuring out. it all yeah. out um and they uh yeah it's like this had always been a question mark and mm-hmm. uh, and it's assumed that she's dead they right. say it's like you know we just know in previous ones it's just assumed we know that the mother is no longer with us is right. sort of how it is. Right. You know, um, and then it just became like, no, let's really unpack where where was she? What is this? And yeah. also, I, I think you guys hit a really interesting point is how do you make somebody who abandoned their child knowingly... And is the main uh, character of this TV yeah, show who right. we care but, about very right. much. But right. how do you make her lovable to the audience? Mm-hmm. How do you make her so much that we want her to stay and you know and she's not uh, like they uh put like they you play the con artist beat for half a bit because Mm -hmm. i think audiences are smart and we all suspect it yeah but then uh they move past it to find out like the real story and you see that like yeah she's she just had to do what she had to do right Marge literally says it, just like, oh, you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry I misjudged you. And I think yeah. also, like, how we accept her is is attributed to the way she's drawn and, mm-hmm. and the voice acting. Uh, the voice I, acting is very gentle yeah. and sweet. Can we talk about just that the clothing is so right on for her I character? Know. It, it's such a good... Exactly what a hippie grown-up yeah, would look like. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I trust her. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the the length of her, the hem of her skirt and the socks with her boots. But it's, everything is it there. still has uh, the approach to it that reads hippie. You yeah, know, yeah. without it, you know, she's... Later on, at the end of the episode, she gets picked up by her friend in his electric car, a solar power vehicle. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes left to juice. And, you know, they're all, like, super hippied out, uh, you know, following the dead on tour sort of look. But she has this sort of thing, like, if I saw Mona Simpson, I would be like, okay, you probably run, like, this, like, organic vegetable Absolutely. garden. And, yeah. you know, it's... And have an interesting past. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but a sweet old lady. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is so good. And I love seeing Mr. Burns uh, in any, like, with you some know. hair. Yeah, with some <laughs> hair. In any, in any past uh, iteration. I especially oh. love him. This isn't featured in this episode, but I especially love it when they snap to um, him being a child with those ringlet curls. Oh, my yeah. gets God. Me. It's so, <laughs> so funny. funny. Always great. Yeah, but I love that. I love, we learn a little Can bit more about Mr. Burns and, and everything is, plays perfectly into the historical time period with the germ warfare. Yeah. yeah. And also, we, we're we glossing over, Glenn Close does an amazing job, but there is another guest voice on this episode, hmm. and that's uh, Harry oh, that's Morgan right. that's reprising right. his role from Dragnet. Yes. Uh, for just a bunch of really, really great scenes playing off of, uh, I don't know who did the voice of Joe Friday for this one off right. the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. But it's, Some you know, it's like, sound alike. gee, Joe, <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, I've been the same ever since your kid went crazy oh, and died in Vietnam. It's, it's a, a pain, pain that never ends. ends. That <laughs> scene is so, so fucking funny. Yeah. That line in particular made me laugh really, really hard. It's just so great. So, yeah. I, I think like, uh, it's this entire episode from start to finish is constructed really, really beautifully and, uh, it's there's no easy way out yeah. for anything. 
Uh, because, so, when you're introducing a character like this, the first question, like I said, networks can ask questions. The first question they want to know is like, oh, is she going to be a part of Springfield now? Are we going to see her? And their minds start running wild. Be like, oh, are her and Grandpa going to get together? Is this going to be a thing for Homer? Oh, the, like all stuff like that. They go, no, no, we want to bring her in, and then we need her gone again. Yeah. And so how do you hit that note again, and how do you have that dismount that makes it work? And... Um, you know, uh, tying back to another Simpsons episode, mm-hmm. the one where uh, Bart writes the love letters to Mrs. to Mrs. Oh, Bobble, and which is so sweet, Pluto. Yeah. yeah. And they say it's you have to. Sh- they need to. She needs to still feel loved, and right. that's essentially that same emotion that they eventually say to you know in that letter. Uh, the writers do here to with Mona and Homer. Yeah. Is at the end she has to go. And it hurts, but there's love, you know? Right. And, like, the sad moment of this entire thing isn't beaten over your head. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no dead dog, Futurama yeah. fans. <laughs> uh, but it's really just Homer just taking a moment and, like, he just looks up at the stars and that's it. And there's no commentary. There's no, like, music. There's no big joke that ends and he yeah. just he just are you getting teary again i am it, it's the it's the episode that makes me cry the most like i will always have open tears even though i was watching this in a hurry and i know how it ends right so right, perfectly right. and you have made art of it uh yeah you know or, or your sister uh, i thought you made it the maybe, ending for your sister maybe no i made the ending for my dad uh, do you have a photo of it um, but you don't have to show it now. No. But perhaps that's something you could show later on, you know, <laughs> well, tweeting out or something. Yeah. Well, I didn't make a, uh, I didn't make art based on this episode. Oh, I, I did um, a daddy daughter day one for my mm-hmm. my dad on I think Father's Day a couple years ago. Um, and it was just like them on the hike looking yeah. at the sunset. There, but as I we feel discuss, like I there are many. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll embroider something. That seems like a good uh, needlepoint uh, piece. I, yeah. That ending, <laughs> I remember the first time that I rewatched this episode. Um, because for some reason, like, I I remember watching this as a kid, but I don't think it's, I don't think the ending stuck with me. I think the tie-dye stuff and the Maggie right, and the kid right. stuff. Right. And as you're, you're a kid watching this, you know, yeah. those deep, deep, deep things won't stick with right. you. Yeah. It's like um, if you've seen Inside Out, a lot of people have yes. commented that it's way more for the adults. Mm-hmm. All, all, the, all the feelings, feelings yeah. stuff. <laughs> oh, it killed me too. And I'll see it again. Bing bong. Bing bong. Watch it tonight. Oh boy. Uh, but when I watched this a year ago, like re- that's when I went through all of The Simpsons 1 through 10. Uh, for the we'll first watch time the later ones. We'll do it. There's no need for a us. qualifier, guys. I know, but yeah. Um, we're just apologizing to yeah, those of us people write us to uh, continue, <laughs> which we will. But anyway, I watched it and I remember sobbing my eyes out, and yeah. it felt great. But yeah. it was that song at the end is so perfect, mm-hmm. and it just it gets it all right. Well, I th- I think uh, it's what's phenomenal. Like I said, it's. They don't beat you over the head in the moment, and it's really left up to the audience to imagine what's going on through Homer's head. Yeah. Because, uh, like, up to this point, Homer has, they haven't, like we said, it hasn't really discussed his mom being gone. Yeah. It hasn't really been a thing. It's not a recurring running thing in the show that he lost his mother at a young age, that he barely remembers her. It's, you know, he's, it's not that he's moved past it, but, like, we just, in this episode, we open up, uh, like, a dark corner of his psyche to the point when Marge is like when Marge is like aren't you suspicious that she came back after all these years and she hasn't said why she left and Homer goes oh it's probably because she had to leave because I'm a terrible son and nobody would love me and he like pulls her thing and it's it's played thanks to uh, the acting and the drawing as like it has kind of a a sweet little joke moment because Homer kind of like crawls up he crumples up And, but, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very heavy thing. And so then he's, he has this thing that he didn't even know that he was missing and then he loses it again. Yeah. And so, but at the same time, he now has these answers to these questions that he's had right. for forever. He has closure. Which is, he has, episode. yeah, it's, uh, like, I think that uh, anybody who has lost someone or someone is out of their lives, you do wonder, like, you know, or 
do they do they think of me? Did they love me? Did they like? Right. It's uh, it's very very hard, yeah. you know. And um, you know, Homer has this sort of benefit right here where it's it's really summed up where she's like, of course, yeah. I'm so proud of you, right. you know. And that's something that you know Homer probably did not hear a lot of. Right, you know? right. And I'm glad they gave him that moment because, you know, of course, um, Homer's general joke mm-hmm. beat is that he's an idiot. Yeah. So he always has those sort of idiotic joke beats. But, you know, he it's not that there's nothing going on upstairs. He's just maybe repressed a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm glad that that was explored in that, you know, just like fraction of a moment. Yeah, and it's, uh, I, it's, I think, uh, a, a showing to how brilliant uh, the writer's room was for this episode and Richard Appel especially, uh, being the writer of this episode, is that, again, like, everything is left to the audience. Things are not hit heavy-handedly. Yeah. Your brain, when it's done and you're all done, you fill in these moments. Like, here we are, we're pontificating on it right. about, like, unpacking what it means for Homer and this sort of thing. And, you know, they... Set it up. You know that that's there, and then they keep moving. And they keep going. It's real, yeah. real. It's that's. It's just fantastic, fantastic work. Yeah, they respect their audience so much, and I just feel like nothing is ever done half-assed. They don't go. I'm taking lunch mm-hmm. in like the middle of working on anything, which I'm sure was like maddening for a lot of them. Because um, lunch is delicious. Lunch is delicious. Lunch is so They're delicious. They're like, no, let the PA go get lunch. <laughs> Keep working on this until you're fucking done. And that was said by Matt Groening. It's yeah. a direct quote. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt <laughs> Groening. Here's, here's, here's another Matt Groening story from the Futurama uh, production office is when the KFC Double Down came out. Oh, boy. Uh, That's a great way to start. Oh, boy. Yeah, the KFC Double Down came out, and the writer's room apparently was talking about it at yeah. great length. America. And, you mean America was talking yeah. about it. And uh, Matt has, is when, when I say he's kind, it's like he genuinely is like, I want to experience something, let me share it with other people. Yeah. And so he sent one of our PAs out and we got, he, they got brought back a huge bag of KFC Double Downs and we all sat and ate them and gave our thoughts <laughs> about why. And it's like, yeah, this is what uh, I went to college for. Like, Absolutely. this is my big, this is how I get a chance That's the way you, to use my degree. You should be a billionaire, yeah. in my opinion. Well, I, I always say, because uh, uh, in regards to working with those people um, all around, they always say, I was like, they... They say never meet your heroes, but in this case, they're wrong because my heroes are awesome and yeah. they're great people. We've they're met really a great deal of our heroes just on this podcast, yeah. yeah, and they are all amazing, mm-hmm. except for Josh Weinstein. May he die in hell. I can't even have a joke about it. I know no. he's so great. He's the nicest Josh guy. Josh is in the, the world. best. Josh is I, phenomenal. That was obviously yeah. a joke. <laughs> no one what? <laughs> no one could say anything bad about him. I know he's the best. Uh, Also, uh, this isn't about anything uh, about The Simpsons, but the meet your heroes thing. I've always thought that you should meet your heroes because the very worst case scenario, you realize that we're all human beings that, you know, sometimes are flawed, but still make great things. Well, I think that the the big thing for me when I first moved to Los Angeles is... uh, when you actually meet somebody who you respect professionally or you're like, oh my God, they're so brilliant, but I could never do what they yes. do. And then you meet them and you go, oh wait, they're just a normal person trying to get through their day and like, you know, uh, do something fun. And then it humanizes things and yeah. it becomes easier to accomplish. I know that when I first started Absolutely. studying at UCB, it was, I thought everybody who was on the Harold team was a god. Yes. And now I like they're whenever, not. They're not. Oh, they I are mean, great, guys. Uh, no, they're all great. My, all my friends. I'll tell you right now, Harold Knight. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they and are, all my friends yeah. know that the ones that aren't. But it was like, yeah, I got to see, uh, you know, that is right. Absolutely. They're just normal. Everyone's just normal people. Yeah. Guys. But and it doesn't take away from their ability at all. But it, I something that helped me in my own creating um, was realizing that you know everybody feels like a hack to somebody. You know, oh, yeah. even like the greatest well, writers, the greatest actors, the greatest whatever, they feel like they are ripping off somebody else. <laughs> They're ripping off their heroes. I, the first time that, like, when I first started on Powerpuff Girls, mm-hmm. uh, which is my first staffed writing position, uh, I, thank you very much. <laughs> I, you were it waiting was, for that? Come <laughs> on. I'm very excited for this, by the way. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it too, guys. Haley Mancini. Uh, is Haley Mancini, Julia who Vickerman is, is um, yeah. an artist on it. 
Uh, I, Haley uh, is one of the biggest Simpsons fans in existence. I want to get her on the um, show. I, I guarantee she will gladly do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when I first started at Powerpuff Girls, I started getting imposter syndrome, uh-huh. which is where you're like, any day now they're gonna walk in <laughs> yes. and they're gonna realize they made a mistake and they're gonna they gonna call they're gonna go get the fuck out yeah you've been you know? found out you've been found out and uh, it's a very real thing I yeah. asked some friends of mine and they were all like yeah everybody does it you're all there <laughs> yeah and you start like getting those it's you're describing my last week yeah. I've had stress dreams every night yeah <laughs> yeah well because I just got um, representation for the first time as hey. a Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Were you waiting, um, waiting for that? No, yeah. no. Um, but I have a meeting coming up, and <laughs> I I just have every single night uh, have stress oh. dreams that she's going to be like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah. Your little uh, vocal crack thing right there reminded me of Pibbly Face Scene, who, yeah, it was impersonating him because then it's like, Oh, mister, I dropped your tacos in the fire. I'll get it. Yeah. Oh. Which, by the way, is the, oh. is, is the most fun voice to do. Oh, yeah. It's it's my it's, favorite. It's right up there with me uh, and, like, a shitty New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey. By the way, people in New York do not like that joke. I, I'm born and raised in New York. Oh. I am. Uh, so, so this so just got really awkward. <laughs> uh, everyone makes fun of me because I say uh, Super Mario Brothers. Oh. Instead of Mario, apparently. Mario. Yeah, and if I meet somebody named Mario grown up, their name was Mario, not right, Mario. Right, right. And when I, I, uh, I went to college in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and every I had to work really, really hard to, um, I used to say the word drawer uh, as draw. Oh, and yeah. it was always, I put my clothes in the draw. And this is me, by the way, at 18. Right, I am right. not like a little kid, you yeah. know. I mean, in many ways, I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, aren't we all? Yeah, it never ends. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you can forgive me for doing that it. No, no, it's, it's okay. I... <laughs> Don't come back to New York. Because we will find you. Uh... <laughs> It's a very expensive plane ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it adds up. Uh, so something else is that you were talking about like how old you are when you uh, were watching this episode. Yeah, For me, uh, let's see. So I was 11 mm-hmm. when this came out. And uh, so I was watching Simpsons every week at this point. And uh, yeah, do the math in your head how old yeah, I am. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, you know. So I was 11. And at the time... Uh, we were learning about Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman. Yes. The poet. Uh, who some of you may have heard of. Leaves of Grass, guys. Check it out. Uh, what does he say in this episode? Leaves yeah. of Grass, my... I hate you, oh, Walt I... freaking Whitman! Just yeah. kicking, kicking out. It's such a weird specific. But for me, it was really, really rewarding because we were talking earlier about, you know, when you're a kid and something goes over your head, you just kind of gloss over it. You yeah. know, it's not a thing... Um, but like this was the first time I go, hey, I know that reference yeah. to Walt Whitman when Mona later is talking about, you know, she uh, brings up Bobby Seale and Tom Hayden and Jerry Rubin, people I had no idea mm-hmm. what they were. For me as a kid, I was like, oh, those are names. But right. I knew Walt Whitman and I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> set, nice know. little wink from the writers to me. Yeah, I felt, and I was like, hey, they know Walt Whitman too. Those guys are all right. They're with us kids. <laughs> Guys, in 1995, kids loved Walt Whitman. Yeah, yeah. Loved him. They couldn't get enough. They barely say his name, but they loved him. I am so tired from Comic Con. (laughs) And the alliteration is killing me. I know, it's it's completely fine. Uh, And going to another word joke, this one features uh, bonding between Mona and Lisa when she says, I feel I have an instant rapport with you. You didn't dumb it down. You didn't dumb it down. You said that I thought of you when I heard that. That made yeah. I just thought I just thought that that's little Julia. Yeah, that is, mm-hmm. that is that is little Julia and Ellie. For sure. Uh, and also while I'm just throwing out random moments in here that I enjoyed. Obviously, uh, Waterloo being played when they're breaking down the door. Yeah. Instead of Ride of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, another little So good. And then it like immediately switches over. Yeah. Oh, and also oh, I love that the See Me My Tuck In song. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the Fig Newtons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the tricky part. 
Um, and then he and passes out, like yeah. a little kid passes out mm-hmm. with their arm up. I mean, yeah, no detail. I, I, this is one of the untouched. reasons why I picked this episode mm-hmm. is uh, that exact thing because my dad had a habit of singing to me old commercial jingles That's so sweet. that had nothing, you know, right. to do with anything. Uh, you know, even like old cigarette commercials, really? like Winston comes up with the fresh idea, yeah. a new king menthol in an ultra slim size, like stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and those would be the songs that he would sing around the house and at oh, work time. I love it. You know, it would be like, oh, okay. Uh, this he goes, Aunt Jemima pancakes without the syrup <laughs> is like the spring without the fall. There's only one thing, voice. Yeah. In this unique voice, oh. and that's no Aunt Jemima, and that's no Aunt Jemima, and that's no Aunt Jemima at all. That is definitely so cuter sweet. than what I got. Oh. My mom used to yeah. sing Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise. Two Tickets to Paradise. And then one time, my grandma was babysitting me, and my mom told me that she picked me up and sang it like almost phonetically. I've got two tickets to Paradise. That's so perfect. Oh uh, parents but that's are super weird, cute. Man. Parents are weird, uh, but that's super super cute, and I might steal that for when I have kids. Well, it's you know, it's uh, like I know it's a throw off joke there because yeah. we're like, it's like, oh, of course Homer's bedtime song right. would be so, about fake Newtons, but it, it's like, uh, it it I don't know. It, it just makes sense. Yeah, it makes it sense. It makes sense. I watch it TV works. a lot. It's the songs that. I mean, jingles mm-hmm. gets your head, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, no detail left unspared, even yeah. with the Waterloo. I mean, mm-hmm. that could have just, can like, it, it could have just and not happened, and it wouldn't have been a record scratch at all. But yeah. the fact that they were like, let's make this a joke as well, mm-hmm. please. Uh, they, yeah, and of course, just the fun of Mr. Burns, I think, uh, Conan O'Brien had said that, like, the, the best part of having Mr. Burns is that he's refillable, which is, of course yes. he had it. Of course, he, he had a germ warfare lab. He, he's that, a you know, villain in anything. He said bio, biological warfare back 30 years. We're just not killing my poor germs. They didn't kill anyone. They never had the chance. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got excited when I saw uh, Mr. Burns kind of just as this villain. Because it's, oh. it's a kind of different villain than you're used to seeing. I'm he's just such a so wacky fun. villain. I don't know. Because he's yeah, just he's so... Rich. Yeah, he's he's the Grinch. He's yeah. just like so uh, menacing, but, but like, delightful. But delightful. Yeah. He's, 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 he's so kind of, obvious in yeah. his in his villain. It's kind of a up against Bugs Bunny type. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned uh, your sibling earlier. Did yes. the Simpsons as a whole, with all of their tender moments, did that help your relationship growing up, or did uh, it, does it help it more now, reflecting on no, it? No, you know what is uh, my sister. I, I think the clearest memory tied to a Simpsons reference was that I learned uh, the phrase that specious reasoning from oh. the Bear Patrol mm-hmm. thing where it's like what if I told you this rock could keep tigers away Yeah. and <laughs> my sister and I had this running yeah, right. bit where I would say like well Rachel what if you know I told you this kept tigers away and she goes oh there's a tiger around and she would leave the room and then just make tiger noises oh. and like try to like break you know it was just is she older than you? She's older than me. By so how many she's, years? Uh, three years older than me. Okay, so that's so, like a good enough gap. Yeah. Like close enough to like have mm-hmm. grown up together. But right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, she would be a senior and I'd be a freshman was right, how it, right, it always right. sort of worked out. But yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, I wouldn't, it's, it, anytime there are family moments, I think there are some things that are just universal. Yeah. I mean, we, we right. put, we changed the window dressing, but at the core of it, it's all still the same. Yeah. You know. I agree. And what about just like family stuff in general? Like, did what does watching? Let me be more specific. Sure. Does watching like a bond shown in this episode between a mother and son, mm-hmm. or a grandma and grandson or granddaughter. Does that make you appreciate your family more? Yeah. Uh, stealing a line from my sister again. My sister likes to say, uh, and especially now that she is a mom, she goes, "There's no substitute for a mother's touch." Mm. And really, like, uh, think about, uh, like, I think about when I hug my mom, she always puts her hand on my back in a certain way that only she does somehow. And it's not exactly very, it's not, like, the biggest thing in the world, but in many ways it is. And um, I think that, like, family is so important to everyone. 
and uh, that like and knowing that somebody loves and cares about you is I think it's it's a it's a very it's an important thing and I yeah. think that that's what makes this episode really really uh, so tear jerking is that you know Homer didn't have that. Right. And we didn't even know, and just like he didn't even really know that that hole was there, you know, um, it's like he had been underwater all this time that he forgot what air was about, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and I know, like, it's it's played very, very quickly, but it's, uh, it's, it, like, it's, it's a real, it's a real thing, and he hits all those notes, uh, you know, uh, like we said, and he's like, maybe mm-hmm. she didn't love me, what does it mean? Why would somebody do that right. to me? Like, I was just a kid. And, you know, it's... When you're a little kid, there are things you just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I love that they even play it off as a joke later when Mona's like, I, like, I yes, I left you. And she turns to, to Grandpa Simpson and goes, but you didn't have to tell him I was dead. <laughs> and he's like, what was I supposed to tell him? Yeah. You know, and then same thing. Right. He ran off, long-haired, you know. Right, right, right. So you kind of take his side just for a second. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's understood in this episode, Mm -hmm. I feel. Everyone is, and again, it's, um, you know, the rule of improv is that nobody wants to see an argument. You Mm -hmm. can, like, if they argued and unpacked, this could be a super dramatic episode. This could be a one-act play. Right. But instead, they're all on the same page because really deep down they all love each other. So the sooner we can get them all playing along, the more fun that we can have. And this episode has... I know, like I said, I brought up for the like emotional stuff because for me, that's uh, I think that's what makes shows next tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people talk about Cheers and Mash, uh, and I think any series that has real long-standing value, you need to have those emotional moments. Absolutely, you need to uh, to grow out that world and grow out your characters, and I think that's. You know, um, I was talking with somebody about the difference between Family Guy and The Simpsons, which is like, okay, we all get it, uh, you know. But I say is that uh, everybody, and this podcast is proof, you can ask somebody what their favorite Simpsons episode is. And it's because they are crafting the story, and stories resonate with us, like, emotionally. I'm sorry to be so pretentious about all this, but this is something... No, no, don't worry This is something I'm, like, I'm very passionate about. Uh, And then, uh, but Family Guy, on the other hand, it goes... People won't tell you their favorite episode, but they'll tell you their favorite joke. Yes. Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, you know, great jokes. I had, like, I, it's, there's nothing wrong with great jokes. It's just a completely different animal. Yeah. And, um, I think for me, that's what I look for. I think that if, uh, I think anybody can tell a good joke. I think there's a great art to being consistently good and being yourself and being very, very funny. I'm not taking anything away from joke writers or anything like that. But I think that, um, you know, the saying that I've been seeing around right now is no one will remember what you did, but they will remember like what you did to them, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And so with these episodes and episodes like this, you remember how it made you feel and why it's important to you. And it's a different thing for everybody. And that's, you know, that's the appeal. That's yeah. great. Um, I feel that way yeah. about the show in general, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the rules that uh, you and I have kind of on the podcast that, it, you know, we don't need the minutiae and, like, we don't right, we don't right. need to get into all the specifics. It's just, like, this is our favorite show and it makes us feel great and you immediately are friends with the person in the room that knows stuff about The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, because but, okay, so, so you might, you probably cover this a whole bunch, but, like, I think, like, so, like, why is that? Why is it, what makes this show so great and so lasting? I mean, there are people who work on the show mm-hmm. who, the show was on the air right. when they were born. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, like, so how does, how does that work? You know? I think it's the heart. I think it's the, the characters that have been, you know, developed just in such a strong way mm-hmm. into the tiniest detail, um, and and you're rooting for them. I think that they're all inherently good, except well, even Mr. Burns has his moments, you know, mm-hmm. um, and 
and it is the heart. I, I remember being told um, by someone uh, a couple of years ago that um, you know heart is is more everlasting than jokes. Sort of like what mm-hmm. you were saying. I think that um, you know we do remember obviously the jokes in The Simpsons, but they feel like cherries on top that just work so well within the ingredients of the overall dish. Yeah. And it's, like, at the core of it is you can ask yourself, what is this story? What is this episode about? Yeah. You know? And this is about a boy reconnecting with his mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I... Or I, a woman reconnecting with her lost family, if you will. Right. The show obviously is so funny, but it's a family, oh, yeah. and it's our family, and mm-hmm. it's us, and it changes who we identify with as we grow up and what we go through, and it's easy to kind of lose yourself in these characters and... You know them, and they're you. And yeah. for us, we we grew up on it, so it, yeah. it honest honestly was another. Oh yeah, member. yeah. <laughs> it is my siblings. Yeah. So we have two questions that we always ask our guests. You kind Please. of already answered one, uh, which uh, Simpsons character you identify with most? Yeah, I, I and uh, just to, I'll unpack that a little bit more because yeah, I was thinking about it, and I guess it would be like Homer and Lisa, if only because. Um, Probably Lisa, actually, even more. Right. Uh, and I I don't think I... I very much related to just always feeling, like, out of place. And not in my family, necessarily. But, uh, you know, like when I was a little kid, I think yeah. every kid can do that. And, yeah. uh, and And really... Trying to understand your place in the world. It's, it's, you know, Bart has an approach that he's understands what he's doing and what he's here to do. And this level of confidence... Now, you know, when I was a little kid, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But I always felt like I couldn't do that. And Lisa was smart and she was capable and you knew that, but she, and she had her passions, but she, uh, there, there was a lot more vulnerability there. And I was like, okay, that's, that's what I do because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming up with these brilliant plans to, <laughs> You know, right. do a prank, and I'm not the popular kid, and no one's signing all my yearbooks, but you know what? I can do this other thing kind of fun, and it's just for me. <laughs> hey, you know? see you in the car. Yeah, Love see you in the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the second question uh, that we ask our guests is, if you could um, summarize this episode of the show or this episode of the podcast, your experience here with us, um, in, in a simple lesson, maybe something that you would write on the chalkboard, but not a joke. We've been, we've <laughs> We felt like we put sure, our guests right. on the spot previously. <laughs> but um, if you could just sort of summarize a lesson to gain from this episode, what would it be? Uh, I would say I gotta. I have to go back to, and the reason why I picked this episode, and, you know, like I said, I think a lot about stories and how they happen. In comedy in general, I think a lot of your guests do. Uh, but I think that you should never... Be afraid to be genuine. Yes. And perfect. that's uh, what this episode is. It's it's very genuine. It's very, very honest. Um, and if you are an aspiring artist in any capacity, no matter what you're doing, uh, if you are, like, you will only be hurting yourself if you're disingenuous. Because everything, like... That's what a poser is. That's the definition of a poser. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't you know. agree with you more. That is exactly how I feel about just the world in general. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, when Ben Schwartz asked us, you know, what is the thing that makes you guys mad? We said people that aren't earnest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I I will give anyone the benefit of the doubt if they're of just course. trying their best. Yeah. Really, honestly, like unless you know uh, the people that I are not even get mad at or retaliate against or just the people that I just roll my eyes uh, to are people that are being posers or people that yeah. are pretending to be one thing and being another. Well, I think to connect to them. It's the uncanny valley of emotions. Right. You know? Uh, if somebody is clearly... Someone's clearly being a kiss ass, you know. You know <laughs> right, they're being right. a yes man. And some people are like, all right, well, that's what I need right now. I'm a big imported man with many hats. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, you know, sometimes, uh, look, you're both incredibly, incredibly famous, so you know what it's like. (laughs) You walk down the street and people are just like, please let me be your friend. I like like, everything you do. (laughs) I like everything you do. Uh, 
And you know which ones are genuinely there and which ones really just are trying to use you for access to yeah, something. You're a stepping fuckery. stone mm-hmm. to them. And yes, yeah, it's star yeah. fuckers. Yeah, I mean, um, that's that's a lot of Hollywood. And so you have to, you know. I think that's a lot of life. I think that, you know, I think, I think that's a whole other podcast. I know, uh, I know. We'll get into but it. But yeah, no, I, I, but like I said, I, I want to apologize again for like trying to pick a, a, a real heavy episode. But no, like, you I picked wanted, a perfect episode. Uh, those are our, those are the episodes that we tend to kind of gravitate towards anyway. The, yeah. yeah. The I mean, ones that got a kernel to them of like, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Well, because it's, it, you know, when, when we have guests on and they, you know, we have a back and forth of like, which episode should I pick? It's really just the one that means the most to you or the one yeah. that um, has a, a deeper personal connection to you. Because it's yeah. hard to pick a favorite because there are so many great ones. And it's favorite and not best, you know? Like, we're not right. based. We're, right. Not, yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to be, well, this is the most, you know, impressively written. Unless that's what got you into writing and then that's why it's Absolutely. important. Absolutely. And then you have a personal connection. Exactly. Yeah. Boom, Genuine. Boom, bam, bam, boom. If you are... Uh, like I said, if you are writing or starting to write and you want to like figure out what is like, you're like, maybe I don't know what's genuine for me. Uh, a personal exercise I would recommend is list your three favorite, like we'll say Simpsons episodes. The ones that like you could watch any day of the week. Yeah. And I guarantee you're going to find a central theme to all three. That's a great and tip. And that's your, that's the question you as a writer or creative person are trying to solve and yeah. trying to fix. Yeah. So explore that and eventually you will be working in a thing where they go, well, that's very, very nice, but we need you to write about this <laughs> right, other, right. completely other thing, which but, is fine. But yeah, it's, I think, uh, again. That, but that's so. great too. And I think that that'll, you know, uh, that'll solve. I, I, I hear a lot of people talking about like, wanting to write things that are more grounded mm-hmm. and I think that you know that's important to have that in your repertoire that you know like what that question is that you can answer yeah so that's a great exercise there you go fun fact I think this has been a wonderful discussion yeah where, yeah. where can people find you on the internet and uh, uh, the television box yes uh, so the television one's easy one uh, Cartoon Network in 2016 the Powerpuff Girls so are exciting that's thank so you cool. coming back thank to save Townsville I want to say that I, because I want to make it about me, I have so many Powerpuff Girl toys. Powerpuff Girls was my favorite show, even more than The Simpsons when I was a little girl for a hot minute. Yeah. It's great. There's nothing funnier. And then SpongeBob, Tom Kent, all that stuff. It was a good time to be a kid. It's Mm -hmm. good. It's good. And, you know, it's it's good. It's really, really exciting. And, um... Hopefully, it's going to be. Uh, it's Haley Mancini, who we mentioned before, and I are uh, the two writers on the show, and we're both huge Simpsons fans and inspired by our writing style. One of the reasons the two of us get along so well is when you have her on, I guarantee she will talk about very similar stuff that I did <laughs> yeah. in a much more entertaining way because she's incredibly funny. Um, <laughs> we did Sketch Cramp together at UCB, actually. Yeah? Yeah, we were both writers on it. That's awesome. That's how I met Sketch, mm-hmm. sketch Cramp, a lot of fun, UCBLA. But uh, if that's finding me on television. Uh, if you're looking for me on the internet, I'm the Drago Effect, uh, like Ivan Drago from Rocky IV uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And you could follow my cat's Instagram feed. <laughs> yes. Uh, Man- I'm listening. Manic Pixie Dream Cat, which is her name. Uh-huh. You are correct. Uh, and I occasionally Points. post photos of my cat. Uh, because why not? Yeah, One day she'll be internet famous and then I won't. I can. It's easy street USA right, for this guy. I know. The, the yeah. people who have internet famous pets, I mean, they just... That's where we yeah. really need to go. And I'm... Pretty serious right now, actually. <laughs> uh, great. Well, thanks so much for yeah. Thank you for having me. It's very, it's very exciting. So that was our episode talking about um, Mother Simpson with Jake Oldman. Yeah, what a treat. Yeah. It's so funny that he kept apologizing, but that is such exactly why we do this podcast, to get those, those to tender get those moments. Sweet, sweet apologies. <laughs> to get those people feeling We want everyone to feel really bad when they leave the show. Yeah, really pretentious <laughs> to talk about the craft of writing and like, you know, being a creative vessel. Um, no, but he was really, really great. And, um, you know, you heard it was a great episode. Yeah. And, God, and what a great episode to pick to talk about. 
I agree. I feel like a lot of people are going to be disappointed in the future because they're going to ask gonna for want, this. People are going to want. People going to want. This is one of the big hitters. I, I, have, I have talked a lot about it how we have the show. It changed our lives. Yeah, it didn't change so much <laughs> the landscape of the show, but it changed like the meaning of the characters and Homer's background. Absolutely. And, yeah. Oh man. Uh, so we will be back next week, as always. Yeah, with Krusty Q's apologies for uh, not having yeah, them. Yeah, guys, we're hey, jerks. It was a Comic-Con weekend. It was a Comic-Con weekend. Yeah, yeah. even though I wasn't there, I was there in spirit. Uh, if you were at Comic-Con, uh, tell us about some Simpsons things you saw. I was there and saw tons of Simpsons stuff, and I want to know if anyone uh, was uh, dressing up. Or was getting the comics. Yeah, email us, uh, or, you know, like, either Just email us, hey. everything's coming up podcast at gmail.com, which you have been, and thank you. We love those love emails. love them so much. Um, or, you know, tweet, tweet at us, <laughs> uh, fave, fave us, like fave. us on the Facebooks. <laughs> like us. <laughs> like us, please. <laughs> I think, okay, there was a thing. But we're good. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and uh, we have exciting things uh, happening soon. We have exciting things happening soon um, that we can't wait to tell you guys about. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Also, if you won the iTunes contest for um, for a t-shirt uh, with, with the reviews and likes and, and whatnot, please email us because I don't know <laughs> who you are and I'm ready to make a t-shirt. Um, yeah. We're and gonna, uh, We're going to do you. that. We're going to have our dating game. We're going to have it all. Yeah. So stay tuned. We love you guys. Um, bye. Bye. Bye.